Welcome back to the show. This is the Pop Culture League. Hello, guys. Hello, gals. Hello, non-binary pals. My name is Grant Pardee, joined by Zed Cutsinger. Yo. And Ed Greer destroys. What's up, everybody? Pop Culture League, what is this show? This show, we talk about uh, anything and nothing and everything, and it's a live show, baby. We got a big live event coming up at the Alamo Draft House in downtown Los Angeles, the Video Vortex Bar. We have guests of a uh, Hollywood stage and screen, mostly screen um, and stage, but but screen and stage are both represented in our lineup. Our guests include Danny Fernandez. She has been in the Wreck-It Ralph sequel. You probably know her from her Twitter and online persona. Pat Casey wrote the Sonic the Hedgehog movies and Violent Night. It's also a stand-up comic that Ed and I know from back in the Silver Lake Lounge open mic eras of our lives. And Steve Hernandez, an excellent comedian and podcaster who has hosted podcasts with Zed that I've listened yes. to and enjoyed. So come Indeed. join us Saturday, May 6th, 5 o'clock. And uh, it's sort of like this show, but it will be live and therefore different. So I'm on vacation. I'm in Maui, baby. My wife, my dear wife, Ashlyn and I are in Hawaii for the very first time. And uh, the podcast must go on. We're still doing the show. Uh, but uh, I'm definitely in a vacation mode, although... We've been here for a few days. We have gotten time uh, on the beach, driving around. We've done some things. We've also just been kind of chilling because on vacation, you sort of maybe just don't want to do a lot of anything. So we've also just been sort of watching, like we watched the new episode of Succession. We also watched Born on the Fourth of July, which I don't know <laughs> why that happened. The Oliver Stone... <laughs> Tom what? Cruise movie about a Vietnam War veteran who over the years becomes disillusioned and then protests the war. We watched that in uh, two chunks here in uh, here in Maui. Um, and How did that uh, was that like featured on the the app that you were looking at, or did you guys like seek that movie out? How did that happen? <laughs> Netflix was pushing it, but it's also because we were just using the Netflix account of whoever previously stayed in this condo and uh, okay. you know, they had their like Netflix logged in. So we chose, we tried to choose an account that looked like maybe it was a dummy account. It just said R and it was a picture of, uh, I forget what the avatar is. I want to say this may not be true. I don't know if you can choose donkey from the Shrek movies as your avatar on Netflix. I feel like maybe that's anyway, we just chose that one and it was pushing this movie I remember a friend saying, oh, my God, Tom Cruise, the best performance he's ever given in his career is in Born on the Fourth of July. And then also, I think I like Oliver Stone, what I've seen of Oliver Stone, which is JFK, um, Any Given Sunday, and some other Oliver Stone movies that I can't think of. But uh, Snowden. Actually, I think <laughs> I did see Snowden. But I guess it's like, you know – like I said, you can only spend so much time doing the cartoon vacation things in the sun or in the in the water. Sometimes you're so you're also, but then whatever you do on vacation becomes the thing that you did 
on vacation and for whatever reason we chose uh so schindler's list is next i think uh because that's also pretty <laughs> popular popular on netflix um it's Spielberg has never seen it at Spielberg. Ashland's never seen it. I haven't seen it since, uh, they, they had us watch it in, I want to say middle school. I don't think I've seen it since then. Okay. Okay. Top five bummers go. <laughs> I think we got two. <laughs> I think we got two of them. Top five movie bummers. Uh, I'd say, um, um, million dollar baby way up there. <laughs> the deer way hunter there. Movie bummers. Yeah, yeah, Dare Hunter's kind of a movie bummer. Yeah, DD Mao. Yeah, dude. Have you guys seen a more? That would be a a big bummer for me. Maybe number one. Yeah, a foreign movies are full of bummers. So I don't even think that should count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is uh, the the big uh, bummers that have uh, resold? Like, yeah, what are like the big American? Because yeah, it's like you do like irreversible. Uh, more the Haneke, the Lars von Trier, the Casper Noe movies mm. that are just like, I guess, classically yeah. great first date movies, right? Dude, I stand alone. <laughs> I stand alone, I think, is a Gaspar Noe movie. And that yeah. one is the one that got me. I don't want to say in on him. That sounds weird. You know what I'm saying? In regards to like, oh, this made me feel awful. I'm he- I'm in on this, you know, but just I knew he was a singular voice. And then when I watched the next couple of things, I was like, Jesus. <laughs> This singular voice. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh yeah, I guess Blue Valentine, that's one that people said was a, a bummer, right? People were kind of saddened on that one. Mm, yeah. Uh, although yeah, uh, Casper Noe would have directed that movie, it probably would have been even sadder. <laughs> yeah, well he's you know, he's playing a Euro League sadness. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we can't handle that over here. Yeah. The first uh Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was a huge bummer. <laughs> like, okay. Just how we're not talking disappointments. Oh uh, yeah. But I mean like the nostrils That's and stuff were though. like, like that was like, <laughs> that was a moment where you were just like, you felt lost of like, well, the turtles have nostrils now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who I am. I think that I forget yeah. what year with that was, but I'm going to, I feel like it was Obama's second term. I feel like you could feel the rise of more turtles getting nostrils in like the culture. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, what's uh what's his name gave Batman nipples and Michael Bay gave the the turtles nostrils. Like these are the these are the things these directors are known for, right? Yeah. yeah. Well Mike, Michael Michael Bay making Bay the Transformers directed. terrible. Hmm? Yeah. No, he Did didn't Bay it. Even, he produced Yeah, he it. just produced it. Right. Um, I do like this. Uh, there's the bummers and the biggest disappointments. And I don't know why uh, out of every movie that I've ever seen in theaters, for some reason, the third X-Men movie is probably like the most disappointing experience I've ever had seeing a movie. Maybe mm. <laughs> I, uh, I did for some reason I did like the midnight, really late night uh, movie. Uh, I was living in New York. So we stayed up. I was working at uh, Books and Borders at the time. So we all got off and then we went over to the movie theater together. And the first two X-Men movies were, you know, they were good. It was Brian Singer, a notoriously great guy that everybody loves now. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so this third one comes out. It's a different director and it's like, okay, but we, you know, we all loved X-Men and we just left the theater like, what the fuck was that? 
And then I think in the conversation, we were like, well, Brian Singer is now doing the Superman movie. So at least we have that to look forward to. And that wasn't good either. <laughs> so it was just a terrible experience all around. Uh, the people on the Titanic seeing a Megalodon being like, hey, maybe we could ride this to safety. That's, <laughs> that's up. It's, uh, it's, you know, uh, there's um, something very human about these failures, the disappointments, um, and then the bummer ones too. I mean, obviously, like those are – they're very affecting. They're very, they are uh, spiritual or, or soulful. Uh, but what if there wasn't? What if everything was just like not? That? What if the, things were maybe more predictable? Let's not even do this transition into the AI subject. Let's just say. Hit us. Let's just say, you know, you know, when you look at the folks who are making the movies and you say, all right, none of that. Um, I'm, I'm too high <laughs> in self-conscious. Wilfred Brimley came back. <laughs> Don't be self-conscious, buddy. Oh, no. Do I look like Wilfred Brimley? <laughs> I mean, that was a that was a Brimley-esque. Uh, well, bear in mind, Brimley was like 30 fucking seven when he was playing the old man in all those movies. Like, <laughs> old, old man back in the day was different. You know? Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm at Cigarettes, that. Cigarettes, yeah. Yeah, uh, your your Brimley phase. <laughs> to err is human. To be a specific type of bland mediocrity is AI. Maybe it is. <laughs> it was predicted in the uh, one one of these interviews. There's a soundbite from a director from one of the Russo brothers. I think it was Joe Russo. It was one of the Russo brothers, the directors, uh, uh, and he was predicting, sounded like a smirking kind of like, yeah, I think probably there's going to be like a full AI, you know, custom movies and entertainment for people within two years. You know, um, shit, I should probably actually pull this thing up that we were talking about in text. Um, It certainly seems, it seems like from his perspective of like doing Marvel movies, like they all, not that they could be written, but they're particularly formulaic, right? There's, and it, and there are ways in which maybe from his perspective, it's like, this could be written by robots as far as I'm concerned. Um, I don't necessarily want to ask you guys whether this is like a good or a bad thing. It's more of just like, Mm. because it's sort of obviously bad, right? Like it's obviously like, dehumanizing it's obviously uh you know discouraging to any like i i I don't think you like we're all writers here and a lot of our friends so people who are listening are creatives and this is just sort of another move it seems like by people in positions of power on a thing where they can just be like well it would be great if we just didn't need it just seems like why are there's there's so many who is this for? I guess it's it's all right, here you go. Here you go, folks. Here you go. There's a parallel, folks, between the fucking check mark verification Twitter people and the AI fucking this or that kind of it's they don't want to do the work, but they want the status, they want the privileges of the role 
but they they just want to be like, hey, what if DuckTales was Mad Men? I don't want to figure that out, but I want that to be my idea if it makes money. <laughs> so do you think that prediction is accurate? Do you think within two years you're going to see Netflix custom, you know, whatever you, you pick a genre, you pick a tone, you, you pick a lead actor who's maybe you, like your avatar and maybe a, an, an, an actress and you fill out the cast and then it gives you something that sort of resembles what that might be. Yeah. I mean, I think this is going to happen and maybe uh, there's a certain type of media that it's going to be more integral uh, to, like the bigger type of budget movies that already feel like they're that way. But I think for smaller things, um, you know, smaller movies and all this stuff, that's not what we want. And I guess a big conclusion I had on all of this uh, in any regards, not just with movies, but with, uh, you know, these pictures and music and all this stuff. I think a big part of our collective enjoyment of art is knowing that somebody suffered to make it. (laughs) And I know it sounds like a little weird, but I do think that is such a big part of it. And, uh, and just to kind of support it is when something comes out, sometimes you'll hear a story where someone's like, well, did you hear that someone like, it took them three years of writing this to make it like these kind of stories, all this lore, it like makes it more intriguing. Uh, you go back and you watch, I know we were talking about these Hong Kong movies. Uh, I think during the, when we were talking about John Wick and stuff, but these movies where stunt people were like getting hurt and all this stuff, it adds a whole other level to it. Not that people need to necessarily die, but that versus CG, knowing that people actually like hurt, uh, you know, blood, sweat, all tears, all this kind of stuff. I think that makes, uh, unfortunately, that makes art better when, when you know that that's a part of it. Tom Cruise hmm. does his own stunts. This is essentially the marketing for every Tom Cruise, certainly Mission Impossible movie. They're doing the stunts. He's really flying out of the helicopter. And then Tom Cruise in Born on the Fourth of July. Hey, it's based on a true story. This guy, uh, <laughs> Ron Kovics. You know, he really fucking believed in the American dream, folks. But then, then he didn't. Why? Killed some babies. Why? He was very confused. Very confused. It's so easy when you're doing dumb shit to, like, accidentally slip into, like, the Trump patter or, like, the imitation of the Trump patter because it's just, like, it is a good way to, like, say stuff that you don't want to say with your full face and throat and you're just like it's stupid we all know it's stupid but here we are tom cruise fourth of july that's when he was born (laughs) (laughs) no but i think yeah go on sorry uh real quick have we all seen that movie or have we not seen that movie who am who 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 (laughs) among us has seen born on the fourth of july 1989 i want to say uh, and as I mentioned, directed uh, and written by Oliver Stone. Zed, have you seen it? Yes. Okay. I so have also ahead. seen it. Okay, <laughs> great. So we are all on the same page. Here's a game I want to play real bad with the, the three of us just so fast, and then we can do anything else. Uh, I would like you to guess the meta 
Metacritic score for Born on the 4th of July. Obviously, Metacritic is collecting reviews from the time, from folks like Roger Ebert, Peter Travers, staff not credited, and uh, other names. Um, I could give staff you a not, bar. Staff not credited has some bangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite critics, yeah. <laughs> I could give you a bar and over under, but you guys have both seen it. You guys are both pretty uh, aware of everything. Um, I'll say you- 80. It's it's 80. Around okay. 80% of people approve of this movie. Yeah. I was going to say 83. I don't know why, but 83 struck me. Uh, it is 75. Uh, what? So Price is Right rules house wins, but our rules, Ed wins because Ed was closer. Uh, Ed wins. Ed Greer destroys. Have We we played this Yay. game on a previous episode, but I'm not sure if it was an episode that we released or not. But I believe in the games that we've played so far of this, Ed is undefeated. I could be wrong. Yes, that's uh, true. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I don't know. I think Zed came through with some uh, some Bill Russell to my Will Chamberlain. But uh, <laughs> as you're talking about, um, uh, I think the darkest timeline future is prompters get famous. Like I think when they start to realize that nobody cares if Mid Journey worked on this or the Collider Boys or whatever, they don't, people won't really care. They'll just care if the product is good, and most times it won't be because it has no soul. So what they'll start doing is trying to do slightly better AI, and they'll be like, "These are better because this super cool guy prompted it." It's like, "Yeah, man," and he'll have he'll probably have shades on a fedora. Probably a trench coat indoors, just real old school. <laughs> and just be like Garth Marenghi's dark place or something. Just this real haughty person, you know, that just sits in like a fucking gilded antique chair, you know, drinking smoothies and, and telling people what's what. And I think he's just going to be like, yeah, yeah, mate. He'll have some weird indeterminate accent. And he'll just, God, he'll know guy. how to tell the, just whisper, just whisper. I whisper to the AI, I say, I say, Dukes <laughs> of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard meets Indiana Jones meets Irreversible. And it had just made this kung fu masterpiece that's also a porn. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, oh my God, this is awful. It's like, it's a really significant film, you know? And it's, yeah. it, and he'll, he'll really be justifying his position and so on and so forth of these other personalities they'll make out of this. I was talking to somebody the other day about like the tech bros. It's, the only thing that's really damning about them and the hustle culture that they come from is all the time that it takes to get good at drawing or good at writing, they just don't have it. This for the last eight years of business school. They don't. They, they, they could have studied the arts, but what kind of fucking idiot studies the arts? Those people are broke. <laughs> so I'm going to study the shit that really makes money, but I want to be creative. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I've spent zero time being creative, but I super want to be creative because that's one of the best ways to make money. And hustle culture tells me that making money is the best. So, fuck. I'm not an artist, but I need to be an artist to make money. AI, bing, 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 or AI, Bitcoin, Bored Ape, whatever, all this shit. This, um, this imp- if the emperor made, if the emperor's clothes made a tent, these people would all be under that tent. Yeah. I, and, I guess these kind of prompts and this like curator guy or whatever, who's doing this, I think one of the conclusions I've had more recently 
is that when audiences are given exactly what they want, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, and by that, I mean all this fan service and all the stuff that we've been really seeing uh, in you know these much bigger movies, in my opinion, it's bad. So when there's a whole medium that's built around giving people exactly what they want, I don't think it's good. Also, uh, I know this is a biased crowd, but we like talking about movies and art and the experiences we have. If every individual person gets a movie that's curated to their particular likes, you can't talk about anything with anybody anymore because nobody is mm-hmm. experiencing the same thing. And that seems bad. Uh, at that point, yeah. you're just getting a back massage. <laughs> <laughs> like art will just become like this weird, like a, like a brain massage. And, uh, and then we're getting into this weird Philip K. Dick dystopian future where everybody plugs a little thing into their arm and you pick a number one through a thousand and each number corresponds to a different emotion and you get to experience that emotion while you have that number up. And it seems like that's what mm-hmm. this is becoming. Mm-hmm. Well, and also this to, to come out of the Russo mouth of this shit, I just think obviously the movies that they make for, for um, Netflix are painfully formulaic, but this concept that stuff like Avengers Endgame is just so is formulaic is insane. That's insane. There's no way you put into a computer. I don't give a fuck if it's a year 3550. If you put into a computer, everybody dies and then the heroes lose for five years and then they find a way and then they beat up the bad guys. Like a human came up with that because it's so crushing and fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, uh, even though, you know, obviously a machine could say, We'll bring all the good guys back. I don't think that that's what a lot of that stuff that they did over there is about. I don't think Winter Soldier could be written by Jet Chat GPT. Even a future version of Chat GPT. There's all kind of uh, there is actual emotionality in there that is played correctly for a human audience. And I just I don't know. You could put some of the stripes of uh, some of the tropes of so-called emotionality into it, but it just won't play the same. And I just hope that we in the future, if they do start doing this for the mass media, we'll just develop an eye for it and not like it the way that we do certain stuff. Like I think in animation, we started seeing rotoscope and we we're like, ah, oh, shit, that shit's tight. And then, and then we were kind of like, this isn't, this isn't that tight. And then it fucking went away. <laughs> Cause we were like rotoscope shit sucks. And this stuff is more or less just rotoscope. It's just analyzing movies and crapping it out, the, the the AI animations. So all that shit to say. I just hope we develop an eye for it. And there'll be people who like it and there'll be people who don't. But I hope that it doesn't replace anybody real because I think the audience being real, hopefully, will be able to real recognize real, dog. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, think I think it will be used. Yeah. Go on. Sorry, Grant. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think that uh, right now, like even the better hypothetical version of chat GPT is going to just be like the low bar of things. You know, it will be, that's, that's kind of what it is right now. Like it's of course derivative. Like it, it can't give you anything original. It can only sort of mix and match. And it's like, well, it's, you know, it's technically unique. So therefore isn't it original? It's like, yeah, but it not really like it, it really is just like, dumb word salad with like concepts like it it can just give you only so much and hopefully it only pushes forward 
audience, the general audience curiosity for um, more outlandish, maybe more unique, more absurd, more specific, mm. more personal concepts as opposed to, um, you know, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know what to um, point to as, as like an example, like, cause it is all just sort of like IP movies or indie movies. So I don't know. I don't know Indiana what, Jones. like it's all Indiana Jones meets, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, well, I think it's a lot easier for this, uh, uh, yeah, this algorithm or whatever to create things for television shows only because it's like, if it were to, you know, that whole Seinfeld thing that was happening because there's, you know, hundreds of episodes it's able to read and kind of figure out the formula and do all this stuff. But, uh, you know, like we're talking about a movie like Born on the 4th of July. How would AI make a movie like that? Like, I think when you have movies that are, you know, maybe based off of true stories and all this kind of stuff and whatever, like, I just don't understand how that would uh, exist. Uh, Whereas, yeah, I, I think when you have something that's been done many, 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 many times, I can see how it would come from that. And honestly, I don't know if someone has watched 300 episodes of Seinfeld, if they would be opposed to a hundred more uh, written by AI once it gets good enough, because it is just more of the same. But I think when people are more into these individual experiences, I just don't see how it, it'll ever be able to uh, uh, replicate it or invent it. Well, okay. Well, oh, real quick. I'd like to play. I would like to play a game. Uh, <laughs> the, the game would be, Movies that could have been written by AI. And I'll start. I literally think if you put a certain amount of prompts into chat GPT, it could have written Forrest Gump. I really think so. The the nonsensical vignettes that all pound together into a Republican spiel, just like a Republican baseline playing under that thing all the way through. But just these nice Americana moments of it, like rugged individualism, business success, lack of racism because you're too dumb to even be racist is that a thing i don't know <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so it's like it's like this this whole like americana this a uh, this weird americana dream you know this chicken fried steak of a movie and and uh just slap together just notes i really think chat gpt could have written that maybe not the jenny twist or maybe the jenny twist Maybe that's one of the main things that ChatGPT would throw in there. What is going on around this time in history? <laughs> mm, Jenny was very promiscuous as a youth. Perhaps she would be an early adopter of this social malady. I'll give it to her. Hmm, heartstrings. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because I think in a weird way, some people would say Forrest Gump is like a perfect movie, but I think it being a quote unquote perfect movie is what makes it feel exactly what you're talking about. And mm-hmm. I think the quote unquote perfect movies are the ones that feel like they would be written by chat GPT. Whereas I think movies that are more risky and weird and you know, whatever, like maybe you guys don't feel the same way, but the new avatar movie, the fact that there's like an hour just spent in the water, just like cruising around and watching people become friends chat GPT would never do that. <laughs> They'd be like, why are we spending an hour doing this? And it's like, well, it's because James Cameron, the human wanted to see that shit. So I think yeah. it's perfection. Uh, yeah. I think that is what lends itself to, I guess what AI would be. 
I think um, so. I've got a I've got an answer for this game, and then got another thing. But we'll see if I remember the other thing after this. I I don't know. Well, why am I trying to get I, time is linear? Okay, I can only say <laughs> one thing at a time. So the first thing is that any of the movies, and there's a lot of examples, but I would say it's both biopic movies and yeah. history of a product. So for example, Air or Tetris or The Founder. Mm. Um, and then biopic movies like even, you know, Rocket Man, uh, the Whitney mm. Houston movie, the Aretha Franklin movie. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. Like these all kind of feel like you take Wikipedia, you take Save the Cat, and then you produce a script. Like it's, mm -hmm. and it's not even, it doesn't even have to adhere to Save the Cat all that well. It mostly just needs to like choose a portion of Wikipedia that could fit into these amount of pages and hit these story beats. Again, it's like if you give it like the right prompts of like, find me the low point in Aretha Franklin's, like you're, it's gonna, you know, because you're, you're pulling from, you know, a person's life or, you know, a finite amount of factual information. Um, so I think mm -hmm. those types of, I felt frankly that way watching the Tetris movie that the like pixel graphics were doing some heavy lifting because a lot of the rest of it was just like, it just, I don't know how much I was like, it was an interesting story that felt like a very interesting Wikipedia. I don't know. It just didn't as a movie. I don't know <laughs> that I was, I don't know that I believed that they believed. So maybe it's more of the directing anyway. Sorry to uh, everybody who worked on Tetris. Well, on the same note, I'm wondering, uh, with with that in mind, if you could feed a novel to ChatGPT and it would turn it into a screenplay. Like in terms of, hmm. you're talking about yeah, adapting Wikipedia. Yeah, what would it cut out? Yeah, that's interesting, Zed. Yeah, and then also on that note, um, and, and I'm sure what it, it would do somehow, because it can just read everything, is look at reviews of the book and see what were like favorable parts. And include those in the uh, adaptation, but uh, I guess in terms of what is like potentially good with this is like using it as a tool instead of just like a flat out just like uh, device to just plug things in and then just make what it uh, spits out would be like if you were to you're writing a screenplay of an adaptation, you feed that into it and you kind of see. All right, so what is the what are the parts that the AI like focuses on, and maybe you use that not as an outline but use that kind of as like a resource when outlining the movie. Uh, that actually like, that actually does seem helpful. <laughs> I um, use it mm -hmm. for my job writing advertising copy sometimes because it can be helpful in giving you the bad option. It's like, well, it's like, show me the bad version of this and it will give mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. of the bad version and you're like okay well any, anybody can sort of come up with something that's less painful than what they produce um and you know here's what i really i think want to say is like i feel like everybody is giving maybe too much benefit of the doubt to ai's ability to improve i want to be maybe i will be proven wrong 
but I don't think you got it, AI. I think you're full of shit. I think you're <laughs> fucking hell. I don't think you can improve. I really don't think you can get there. I think it's going to suck hard ass in the worst way. It's going to be bad because it's like the worst, like it is not really fucking able to, I just don't see, I don't know. I think there is a ceiling really with how good it can how get, close realistic. It can get how, how close it can get and how versus how dumb we are, like how easily manipulated our brains are. But I could be wrong. Well, like I should say at this point well, that I am AI. Like I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was going to say like, well, let's just describe a day in the life after the, the, the overlords that uh, Grant has just challenged, you know, come up and fuck us all up and destroy everything, uh, burn all the oil, you know, or whatever they're going to do to mess us up. What would the day in the life would be? Uh, I, I do think you're right in that, like I said, for the most part, we'll be able to sniff them out like, you know, with the Terminators. We'll, we'll, ha- we'll have dogs. We'll, we'll train some AI dogs <laughs> to like sniff out AI. Uh, on like Tinder profiles and stuff, you know, or, or whatever people are going to constantly yeah. use AI for. I do think that might be all, dude. That is the dang. I wish we had money and were business people because like the new wave is AI detection software that's easy to deploy on your own phone so that you can know every communique that comes to you is genuine if a real person for real. Like they have certain things like that where you could just plug text into there. But like if it's just an automatic feature like this new phone. Of, of some robot tries to talk to you, it instantly throws that shit away. Mm. You know, how convenient I'm, that would be. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna run through Chat GPT because this is a fucking great idea. This podcast recording is our version of like mailing the thing to ourselves. AI detectives, <laughs> they're on the robo trail on the uh, you know information <laughs> superhighway. Wait, this uh, is this is Blade like Runner, right? Besties. Like we'll be yeah, Ghostbusters, yeah, yeah. but Ghostbusters times Blade Runner. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Super <laughs> robots in the back. That's for trying to catfish me, mate. I don't know. That guy again. I like that. That guy's good now. <laughs> oh, yeah, guy, yeah. He, he came around. He was yeah. like, "Oh, I was on the first wave of it, and I t- when I turned coat." <laughs> I saw how bad it could be, so I was the one who had to destroy it. Yeah. I think, yeah, I buy that. Uh, it's I, some, something of a prophecy. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's like so many variables and think technologies and things that need to happen between now and then. But I guess that's what's interesting is just night and day, sometimes an invention will happen. And then it just, like in this article, they keep saying how everything's exponential, where it's like hard to imagine us getting to the point where this is going to happen, but maybe in two years, there's actually going to be robots that seem like they have the movements of humans and they have this chat GBT thing in them. And then it'll start becoming difficult to decipher who's real and who's a robot. And then that's when the ghostbuster blade runners come in. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But yeah. Dude, and that's the thing, dude. Okay. Wouldn't that be a new type of like, I know blade runner and everything, but like, yeah, if they are AI, that through whatever digital currency are able to buy physical bodies that they download themselves into <laughs> and choose to participate in physical society. 
Yeah. Would that be a new like like class of person? Would you feel okay persecuting them? Be like, dude, you are so not real. What do you mean? I'm made of jingles and old movies. <laughs> you know what I'm and then, and then, and then, and in that respect, what's the difference between that and most nerds? Honestly, just a, a stack of references, you know, and, and maybe a couple of childhood traumas. Maybe the AI wouldn't have wouldn't get childhood traumas. That'd be the only. You know, if you ask the AI, hey, well, what, what, what was the incident on the school bus that really changed you for life? Mm, I never had one. Uh, my life has always been great. I'm a robot. You just say hit him with a crowbar. <laughs> this motherfucker's a robot, dog. <laughs> no trauma. That's a dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's also this whole idea and this premise. It's like, don't get me wrong, uh, you know, Blade Runner and the sequel, they're great and all this stuff, but neither movie. <laughs> is very fun so this idea of like a more fun version of that like yeah men in black ghostbusters like <laughs> like with that stuff i'm like damn this is why we need the ai to make the script like yeah why? yeah because <laughs> between the I want that us, movie <laughs> there's like enough you know energy and time and willpower to put this into chat gpt and like that's about it yeah. really like then we can um but I guess it's, you know, it's, it, it seems like then if that is the truth that it will be a quick exponential, it'll be AI people that are, we're just cut out of it. Like they could all, why can't AI also be the audience? I guess it's like, you got a movie that was made by AI. Who's going to review the movie? Well, AI, I don't want to review it. I'm, this movie's for AI. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go to ChatGPT and be like, will you please re- review and be a little negative and snarky so that it has like a the pro-humanist view. So that I And then I'm going to watch what I want to watch, which I guess is human stuff. But then who's watching the AI stuff? So then it's just the AI watching the AI stuff. And at that point, I mean, I don't know. I don't. Grant, what you're describing is this is how you make Bitcoins. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You make an AI movie and then the AI watches the AI movie. And then this mm. like cyclical process is how Bitcoins are made, by the way. Uh, I, yeah. I guess I'm, I am oh. wondering, though, is there going to be an issue? And I haven't seen this yet, but an issue with plagiarism. Because if AI has access to Internet and it can see things and, you know, can look things up online and whatever, if it creates something that was obviously inspired or ripped something off that it read, could you potentially sue it or the AI or I guess the company or is there uh, is like a whole clause saying, well, it, the AI did it so it can't be plagiarism? It seems like that's a potential issue. There's uh, law cases well, against generative mm-hmm. AI now, um, but I don't I don't they're all like very early, <laughs> you know, like there's no there's yeah. no decisive. Yeah, yeah the jury is literally out i don't know that there's been a jury i think it's just <laughs> i was just thinking judge. of like we just lock up some ai in an iso cube somewhere he's just lifting virtual weights just <laughs> waiting to waiting to get out like max katie like counselor you guys proved <laughs> i wasn't the first <laughs> just, i i think that that would be the the to, 
to have AI form a criminal class would be really weird. Although I have already heard stories of of like criminals using AI to trick people into like paying bond for people who aren't even yeah. in jail. Like, oh, Bobby's in jail, and give me twenty, give me twelve hundred dollars. And some of them have used voice approximation software, supposedly, and it's just like, wow. Yeah, scam. I mean, if if AI can help everybody, scammers now. It's going to help them get better at scamming. So there's that whole issue. Uh, no, although I just idea. I just realized, uh, Ed, this uh, this character that you came up with, the trench coat AI overseer, <laughs> his transformation to becoming against AI. This is Tom Cruise's character in the Born and Fourth of July. <laughs> oh, yeah. It all comes back around. Grant wasn't just weird to get to the night. Yeah, the, theme the whole time. It's the M. same Shyamalan, art. M Night Shyamalan bot wrote this. Damn. It, dude, oh man, no, dude, that is that is the river that runs through this. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Damn. So maybe there is a formula. I don't know. Well, you know, you, I, I know another movie that it seems like could be written by Chat GPT. Ironically enough, I think that uh, what was it called? Equilibrium, starring Christian Bale, about when emotion was outlawed. That just seems to be just like the binary of a computer. Like they were told they could not express emotions, and if you did, you would die. The cool guys <laughs> who kill the people who express emotion are named Tetragrammatron clerics, because <laughs> like, because like it would know to like mix up you know uh um theological the theological bullshit yes into mm-hmm. law enforcement if we were ever going to have this sort of lethal or outwardly you know acceptedly lethal police force in this way uh theology always comes into it nationalism comes into it the greater good always comes into it when you want to murder people as a cop judge dread the whole thing yeah dude i think chat gpt could have written equilibrium final answer i think <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna finally throw a movie in the the pot because now now we're uh i've had enough time to have it in my back of my head but there was this movie from 2009 that i saw recently i don't know if you guys have seen this it did really terrible starring bruce willis called surrogates no oh yeah yeah that, uh, I, I i saw about 30 minutes of it and i was just like <laughs> wow like when you watch 30 minutes or something and then you realize it's an asylum movie, that was kind of what it was like, you know, it was just, this isn't going to get better or go, it isn't going to get better or bigger. It yeah. isn't like a real movie with rising action. Like you determine yeah. that and you just go, Oh no, you just eject. So yeah. What, what, what happened to the surrogates? It was also a comic book by uh, image comics, by the way. So good on them for getting their shit um, adapted. And I'm sure the comic book is actually good. But yeah, this movie is so – the whole message is that having these surrogates was bad because nobody is living their life anymore. But not to criticize the movie too much, but for me, I'm watching this movie and the whole time I'm like, I wish I had a surrogate. But the whole point of the movie is that this is like a dystopian future, but it actually looked really cool. Uh, so <laughs> I could see AI trying to like – make a movie like this being like, Oh look, technology is actually bad. Like we are self-aware, but it just does a really bad job at it and actually makes technology look really cool. That's some AI shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> definitely did not. Yeah. Definitely did not make Terminator two or the matrix though. I think that is, they would not let us see the future if they were in control. Uh, that's my final answer of what is not AI written. <laughs> yeah. 
Huh. I think I also think the blind side could have been written by a racist computer. <laughs> like there was a big black child he was not being put to use you know it's just like oh god white lady comes through finds a reason it's like oh my god this is this is chat gpt you've been hanging out with 4chan again haven't you no i haven't it's fed yeah, yeah. 4chan and every uh, script from an oscar-winning movie combined <laughs> <laughs> oh dude yeah the the 4chan version of of a lot of stuff 4chan version of out of africa or whatever <laughs> or like or like oh, one God. of those you know those really inspiring movies uh yeah not 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 sophie's choice that'd be bad uh what's what's what are those like big Oscar ones? inspiring movies. Ro- first yeah. one that comes to mind well, you know, like big Oscar, like you know those ones that like these are serious films. Sure, yeah. And there'll be no flim flammery here. You know right. those type of movies. It's, it seems like there's almost like this weird, like a, a paucity of those in modern times. It seems like as much as the Oscar people want to say that, oh, this is for grownups. I don't even think we make grown up movies anymore. We make grown up genre movies, but that's about as grown up as they get. Let me yeah. maybe ask this question as a way to. Uh, you know, bring everything back around butterfly wings, you know, mirrors. Um, what is the, do you have like a vacation movie or what is like a strange or not even strange necessarily, but just a movie that's sort of tied to a location um, for you? Hmm. Like a movie we saw at a place. Like the, this movie reminds me of this place. I guess, like I, yeah, uh, you know. Um, or like, what movie is a vacation for you? Because I could probably answer that one better. Like you know, sure. what I'm those movies like you throw on, it's just like, oh goddamn, this is a great place to be. I think we all have those. I mean, people call them comfort movies. That just mm-hmm. sounds kind of punk to me. So I'm gonna call it vacation because you earn vacations. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I earned my vacation. Well, I worked real hard. Besides Born on the Fourth of July, now being associated with <laughs> my Hawaii. first Hawaiian vacation, uh, I saw Avengers Endgame in London because we just happened to be there for whatever reason when it came out. And I was like, oh, shit. We're going to be in London when this movie comes out. I guess we're seeing it in London. So those are movies that I associate with like different places than LA or home Shazam, I guess is a movie that I associate in my mind with, uh, uh, that movie's about my dad dying basically. Cause I saw it when I was back home in Ohio and I was like, Ugh, I just want to get away from the sadness of my dad dying. I'm going to go see a movie. I'm going to see Shazam. But then that movie just becomes tied to that. You know what I mean? It like adds this other <laughs> context to it that the movie's not putting in there. That's you bringing it. Wait, is that the Shaquille O'Neal movie? You're thinking Am I of, mixing uh, it up? Wait. You're thinking oh, of uh, wait. You're thinking of Kazam? Because, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, man, your dad died a really long time ago. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yes. The, the DC superhero movie. Okay. Yeah, which I, uh, was 20, uh, <laughs> freaking 18. Damn, was that a yeah. long ago? Yeah. yeah. It's just so funny because I'm, I'm watching a Shaquille O'Neal movie right now, but 
you you are not talking about the Shaquille O'Neal movie, so that is not as crazy mm-hmm. as I thought it was. Um, and when I say I'm watching it right now, I am watching a movie while we're recording with the subtitles on. Uh, well, uh, I <laughs> think <just> I think <laughs> there is. Um, I think there is a movie that I associate with a place, but it's like the dumbest shit ever. Um, I was at my mom's house and my mom is, she lives in Covington, Georgia. And this is very recent, like maybe a year or two ago. And my mom is addicted to Tubi. Some people's moms (laughs) go the Fox news route. My mom is addicted to Tubi. Somebody taught her how the app worked. And I have literally loaded up every fucking thing I have from Disney plus to fucking Paramount plus to I, I got Criterion Collection, goddamn anything you want, I subscribe to because I'm a fucking idiot. And she hops on Tubi like that is just better than all of them. You know, the kid that races past all the other stuff and gets Mountain Dew, and she loves it. You know, and I love Mountain Dew. Don't trip, but like, but boy, she chugged that Mountain Dew down, Damn. and like, so she, dude, she code. God, that's great stuff. <laughs> Gamers all over the world overdosing on me, baby. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but the, I, I just, long story boring, we, I watched this movie called Bait over at her house, and I'll never divest it from her and her house and her, you know, mm-hmm. she's she's older because I'm an old man, so she's old, and she's just chilling out, and she was watching it with me, and just the, the more incredulous the events got, the more incredulous she got, and just like, just like watching stuff like that with her, like the the movie's called Bait. It's from 2012, I think. It had okay. This guy works at a grocery store near the yep. Guy works at a grocery store near the water. A big typhoon comes up, tsunami, some shit like that. One of those T words, and it just throws a gang of water dog from the ocean onto the city. You see, and it's and it floods this grocery store where he works at. And him and his his uh, his friend who was dating this other guy who died in the beginning of the movie. Anyway, they're all at the store with this love triangle thing happening. Some robbers come to rob the store. They're there. And a guy who came to stop the robbers and also rescue his daughter from associated with the robbers or something are all in this store when a typhoon hits. And also there are three great white sharks in the store. One in the parking garage <laughs> and two milling about in the store which is flooded to the point where they're standing on top of the shelves to stay out of the water and away from the deadly fangs of the fangs uh the deadly teeth of the sharks so all that to say i that movie and my mom are inextricably linked for all time (laughs) you know because we watched it together so like yeah that that movie's coming to georgia to me Damn, that movie, I want to see that movie now based off of that description. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And you notice how to get no spoilers. I don't even tell you who the hero was. Yeah, it's definitely not the fangs, right? Uh, <laughs> no, the, the the fangs or the jaws. They're not, yes. the, they're not the heroes. Uh, a couple Although, of years, yeah. a movie with a shark as a protagonist, I think it's the next level. I mean, if we're going to do some metaverse punk shit, let's do that. I remember the old Jaws game. I think you could play as the shark oh, and shit. determine your, your targets and stuff. I mean, come on, man. Movie totally for, like the shark has been wronged, yeah, and it's time to get it on. John Wick shark movie. Throw that in chat. Just GPT, gonna say first draft. yes, John, <laughs> John Wick. 
they killed they killed my dog. The the shark had a pet seal and a dude. They killed the baby shark. The you shark. know baby shark. Everyone yeah. knows baby shark. They fucking killed baby shark. They killed it. <laughs> Oh, and it's a, it's just a slow, sad version. Do, yes. Do, 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 <laughs> trailer, do, yes. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Little kid singing, baby shark. <laughs> so creepy. In between, like, <laughs> there's like shotgun glass. We can't kill this shark. Drop the the shark is just like the water's irradiated. It's just making the shark stronger, and then the shark is like blowing through like walls. The Kool Aid Man, and the walls are getting like first it's just like a wooden shack, but then it's like brick walls, and then it's just like the shark's unstoppable. Damn. Yep. Also, when the shotgun uh, cocking and blasting was happening, I was imagining the shark holding the gun and shooting people with it. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's what yeah. you meant, but that kind of adds a whole level. <laughs> the shark has opposable thumbs. The water radiated thumbs onto his pants. The shark, the shark, the shark is doing John Wicky and Krav Maga type shit and yes. disarming fools, <laughs> taking their guns and shooting them. And then like when he's got a pin and he's, 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 and he's exchanging his, his um, ammo magazines, he just bites their head off because he's a shark. Damn. And this yeah. is, this is happening this is starting when uh, when they kill Baby Shark on the news. You see Hurricane Katrina is about to hit New Orleans. Yep. So this takes place during that disaster also. So there's water yeah. everywhere. We don't have to explain why. <laughs> this, this one is it's called Hurricane uh, Tina Marie. So just get, get a little plausible <laughs> deniability. Hold on a second, Zed. I, I feel like I was totally on board uh, until – so the, wait, the, the bad guys are the victims of Hurricane Katrina? We're rooting for no, the no. Shark. They killed no, no. They killed the baby shark. As we know, Hurricane Katrina is about to hit New Orleans. These are bad guys, but they just happen to be in uh, uh, this one region when it happens. So there's water everywhere, and they don't have to keep explaining in every scene why there's right. <laughs> oh, the swimming pool leaked. Now this place has water. It's just like there's just water everywhere, so it doesn't have gotcha. to keep right. explained. He's just going uh, after any sort of. Okay. Yeah, in any sort of Gulf Coast situation, there's all these scenes where the guys are like, oh, damn water moccasins are out. Oh, God, get these fucking water moccasins. It's so dangerous. Well, I hope ain't no gators in here. And then this fucking giant shark swims up and bites them. I love it. Bites one of those those fan boats. Those boats with the big fan. That oh, yeah. Those flat things. A, a shark swimming up and fucking one of those up. That's got to be in one of those asylum movies. We're probably... I think AI wrote these a while ago, sold them to Asylum. If not, Bloomhouse is listening to this and taking notes. Oh, fuck yeah. Shotgun Shark. We got got multiple franchises. Yeah, we got Shotgun Shark. And uh, we've got, uh, what was our other idea? There's the the Ghostbusters Blade Runner Men in Black one. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. Men in Blade Runner. Um, A couple years ago, I was in uh, a couple years ago. I was in Paris, uh, and for some reason, the movie Dune came out in France before it came out in the U.S. or on HBO. And I was there with my mom and my wife, and I was like looking into it. And I was like, okay, so they can play English-speaking movies. They don't dub them in French, but they'll be French subtitles. So I was like, all right, let's go see Dune while we're here. 
And, you know, we go in, it's like electric, everyone's excited in Paris to see Dune. It's this big thing. But I guess I didn't take into account that they speak other languages in the movie Dune. And when they're speaking these alien languages and there's French subtitles, we didn't know what they were saying. (laughs) Wow. So we had to rewatch it when we came back to the States so we could understand, uh, I guess, the lines that were subtitled uh, because of the alien language. (laughs) Dang. Yeah, but it was cool. That's crazy. I, I remember renting videotapes sometimes, and they would have like two sets of, of, of um, translations on them. I guess it'd be like, "Hey, this is for different territories." Mm. Slap it on the same old tape. It'd be like two lines of subtitles. It's crazy. Yeah, for some reason, I, uh, I, I'm on this like William Friedkin kick right now, and last night uh, I watched Rules of Engagement with Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, Samuel Jackson, a bunch of other people. This movie that came out in 2000. And for some reason, the only version I could find is, even though the whole thing is in English, whenever there were subtitles and stuff, they were in German. (laughs) (laughs) So at the end, there's like title cards that say like what happened after the movie ended. And I had to take pictures of all the parts of the screen. And then I would like put them in German to English translators so I could see what happened. (laughs) Wow. Oh, I just thought of another movie. AI did it right. Uh, no Country for Old Men. I don't think I don't think that um, an AI understands ennui like that. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, there's a certain ennui and aging and shit like that. There's uh, uh, the 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 bummer of the hero not really, you know, getting to be yeah. a hero at the end and all the different stuff. I just think an AI would have shored all that up. <laughs> Hey, I would yeah. have been like, so yeah, Shagur, Shagur's got a knife in him. He's coming up the stairs. And then our brave hero, Broman, does a, does a Tasuki kick to the throat, you know, and uh, it saves the day. I don't think an AI could be Dumb and Dumber 2, the like straight to DVD <laughs> one. I think this chat GPD is horseshit, full of it, uh, is smoke and mirrors. Uh, I, and, uh, I, I, maybe it could give me, okay, chat GPT, you think you're so (laughs) smart. Well, I, I, I defy you to write Kingpin 2, uh, (laughs) yeah, and, uh, and produce it and, uh. And then we'll we'll talk because you know I think uh, I'd be interested Dude. in seeing a sequel there. Okay, that that would be the real test. If a computer could be as dastardly and as organized as a computer in that, as it, uh, if a computer could be as dastardly and organized as a producer, and I do mean in that order, that would be a true <laughs> test of its capabilities. Because right, it's like it's like it it, it calls up what it it gets a bunch of Woody Harrelson clips and makes a pitch from Woody Harrelson to Bill Murray makes bill murray clips and makes a pitch to like uh forgot the actress for there but she's got to come back because she was beautiful and great and very mm-hmm. good in that movie yeah. uh yeah. and they they get this ai conversation talking like the ai is talking to each person pretending to be these other people and yeah. then it just drops out at at some point and lets them talk to each other and just nurtures the fact that it's going good you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know like it sends a couple texts in their voice to kind of keep the shit going, <laughs> but overall it just lets it happen. Yeah, AI that's will really take what we producing need. jobs. That's gonna scare yeah. them. That's gonna scare yeah. them, dude. 
we yeah we need we need the AI for producers for people who are kind of just like not really doing anything. Um, wow, sorry, I uh, was just distracted from texts I was receiving from my dear wife. Um, she is wandering around the beaches of Maui without me. Uh, it looks pretty nice. I feel like we maybe should wrap up here. I'm starting to look at uh, yeah. the time. I'm starting to think about my life choices. I'm starting to think I could probably start enter the void before Ashlyn comes back, and then be like, "Hey, we could watch this movie." <laughs> yes, uh, perfect vacation movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only only an AI would choose to stay here and talk to us. Jump on the beach and frolic, buddy. Uh, this is a this has been a good one. Yeah, ultimate test if you the listener are AI or not is if you come to our live show. Yes, uh, May sixth at the Alamo Draft House uh, in the uh, video vortex, five p.m. to seven p.m. We will be your pre or post show entertainment, and uh, you can come lounge with us. We have Pat Casey, writer of Sonic the Hedgehog. And we have Daddy Fernandez, person in Wreck-It Ralph, and she sold the show to HBO. And we have Steve Hernandez, one of the best shows of all time, best podcast host, best comedian. Yeah, fun times. <laughs>